0: Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast. In this episode, Robbie House from Northwick Backyard Ultras came on. Here we go. Okay, Robbie, how are you going?
1: Good, Pato. How are you?
0: Yeah, pretty good, thanks. I can't believe how quickly the time has gone. It's already been over a week since Depperton's finished.
1: It has. It has. Still buzzing, though. Still buzzing. You should be, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, about ways to improve for next time and stuff like that but it's funny um, you were
1: looking really strong you were looking really strong and then all of a sudden the backyard did what the backyard does
0: yeah well um i've got a few i've got a few things that i i know that i made a mistake that yeah that i know i made mistakes about that i'll improve for next time and it was hard doing it without a crew man the whole time without a crew it was It was pretty draining. Mm. Um, So, Robbie, I was wondering, um, do you remember how and when you first heard about Backyard Ultras? Uh,
1: How? (laughs) The good old YouTube. Yes. It's most people's case. Um, When? I reckon it would have been mid-2021, fully in lockdown. Everyone's talking about, you know, running in their backyard and, you know, doing ultras in their backyard as the theory of just running literally around your own suburban backyard for 10 hours straight and covering a whole 10Ks. Um, but the concept intrigued me. So I, I'd come across at events like the Barkley and things on YouTube and it was the concept of being able to run as far as you can but not necessarily to a finish line per se really got my attention because I'm – personally, I'm not a fast runner and I'm never going to win anything speed-wise uh, and probably not backyard-wise personally either. But uh, that's what really grabbed it, it's just the access for everybody.
0: Yeah. And did you think when you first heard about them, did you think to yourself – I want to run in one of these? Or did you automatically think, I want to organise one of these?
1: No, it's funny. I went into the local uh, outdoors shop uh, and said to to Troy there, I said, do you have any backyard ultras in this area? And he went, what's a backyard ultra? (laughs) And that sort of answered the question straight up, clearly there's nothing around. Uh, So my brain went, oh, let's organise one because then we'll have one around to do, not thinking then that, If I'm organising it, I can't run in it necessarily. (laughs) So the plan was to do one first up, but it just sort of fell to the point of organising one so that others could do it, which was awesome. Like the the concept of finishing an event with 26 runners that started, that's gone for 31 hours with no like I'd never even been to a backyard let alone running one myself, all off YouTube, and it it was great everyone loved it
0: yeah yeah it was a good it was a really good event that one um do you remember how long you were thinking about it for till you started like I like, can't started like putting things into action and what was the first thing you did like was it like coming up with a name or was it mapping out the course or how did you get started
1: I have a problem personally yeah. and my problem is when I think about something I go ha, let's do it get straight into that straight into it so from the point of going i want to organize one of these to pulling the trigger on something was probably i don't know three days Um, and the first step was council i knew it wanted to be i knew i wanted it in ship i had an idea of where we wanted it Uh, so the first step was to contact the the council team and sort of have a chat with them work out what the what the, what their side of things was going to be like because they didn't want to get too deep into organizing other things to then be told no 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 you can't do that in town so and they were really good
0: yeah and one of the good things about backyard ultras is that um if you go to backyardultra.com there's just a button there's just a link like organize your own backyard ultra and it <laughs> And it yeah. kind of, um, and did, did, did that help you a lot in organising it? Like, did that guide you along the way?
1: Definitely. That was probably the first step, actually, but I was getting on that website and, you know, reading the rules and going, can we, you know, can can I pull this off? Can we can we make an event out of this? Um, and registering that event location. We had a name originally, the first thought, in the very beginning, was something in the mountains uh, up near Bright, but then I read, I recall reading something that said, "No, no, flatter course, better course, stick to a flat course." So we opted for second. So there was a few thoughts in there, but we didn't take us long to get to the idea of running a local flat course in Shep. At That website, like you've got access to every event. The race directors have got communication across the across the globe, Laszlo's got a great setup there.
0: Yeah, and you are a Shepparton local, yeah? So you are familiar with all the tracks. So I guess you probably had an idea of, of a course when you started thinking about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been here 10 years and uh, and have run that track that is in fact the course quite a number of times uh, in the last well four, because that's only as long as I've been running um and it's just such a thing like up on top of those botanic gardens that was the original start point we wanted to start on start and finish on the hill uh but that was not to be unfortunately uh, but this like the the sunrise and sunset from the top of that hill you've all sort of missed out on a little bit because the weather's been average for the last two years <laughs> by way of an overcast morning but when you've got a clear morning like the Monday morning was, it's just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, the um that would be a good spot. It would be hard getting all the marquees and stuff up there though Yeah, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah. yeah, and it's completely resource poor. There's nothing up there. You've got to bring everything in. So yeah. the, the biggest thing was it's a it's a conservation area for the gardens. So the concept of bringing vehicles and equipment in was just a, a no- go. That's okay. The lake turned out to be a great venue last year and even better this year, Yeah, Getting out on the grass area.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. And you obviously know a lot of people in the Backyard Ultra game now, but did you know anyone who'd run a Backyard Ultra or anything like that back when you started?
1: Nope, not anyone. I My first port of call after I'd sort of made the decision and spoken to council and things was to ring Sean from. Kaiser, I think it is, or Kaisler. Yeah, sorry, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh from uh, Ultra Series WA South Australia, Australia, <laughs> all of them. Uh, and sort of said to him, I want to do this, what do I do? And he was great. He um he shared a lot of sort of I wouldn't say trade secrets, but a lot of trade knowledge with someone who's been around for a long time doing it and uh and really helped me get the ball rolling when it came to you know, how to set things up and how to even things like um, organizing a website and getting registrations and things it was really great with that
0: yeah and, and so last year was the first one you did and like you mentioned it was a it was a small turnout like 26 or something runners but it was such a fun event so it must have you must have been really happy with how that first one went
1: I was. Yeah. After the amount of positive feedback that came afterwards, it was pretty clear like we didn't we didn't think twice about organizing twenty twenty three. There was no questions, it was coming. Uh there was <laughs> things that happened along the way that set things back a little bit, but there was we were we were doing it and it was originally from the feedback we were talking maybe seeing forty or fifty people turn up so the original thought was still on that same arena we'd have a slightly bigger area and then people just got on board and all of a sudden we're doing 71 runners to start the day
0: and most of the runners from that first year came back as well which is which was good
1: yeah i think we would have had at least off the top of my head about 50 plus percent of the runners from last year came back yeah. and all keen as no like most of them had said from the get-go i'll be back next year yeah which amazing. is fantastic and we've heard the same thing this year
0: yeah
1: out of, out of this year's event the amount of emails that i've got from people saying how great it was and how much they enjoyed the format especially from new runners in the backyard world it's just great
0: yeah yeah there were, <laughs> there were a few first timers there and um and a few of them are like really good like uh that like Chris and Brandon they 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 were awesome runners
1: they were definitely wild cards and sort of popped out Chris had, Chris had a history of a couple of big events but they we didn't sort of I didn't expect them to they hadn't popped up clearly to be front runners and they just kept on grinding yeah they were fantastic
0: and, and what what do you put the um? big increase in numbers down to just um, the format getting more popular or what do you reckon it is?
1: I think there's a, a combination of the fact that the formats becoming more you could almost say mainstream. So there's more more talk about it. there's a lot there's a lot of events popping up around the place. Victoria is still uh, fairly slim on the backyard calendar. Uh, this year i think we've only got two mvp and gv we're the only two this year and then next year three uh mm-hmm. with Net coming on board again with their biannual sort of event um but i think the other thing is the atmosphere people have discovered that in a in an ultra you, you go out and you run and you talk to somebody for a few minutes and then they're off and you might see them again at the finish line if they're still around or you're still around Whereas in a backyard, it's very, very social. It's really that idea of going, "Oh, you're back," and so and running together again and t- chatting with a different person every every lap. is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, and it really is a great way of um, the other runners being able to watch the uh, like all the runners watching each other. Like for example, that ten year old who ran five loops. good was that he was phenomenal
1: young young just phenomenal he um he said to me before the event said oh my biggest goal is nine but i'll be pretty happy with five right yeah his his pb prior to that was 13k's right yeah and you you could he kept his settings on when he when he dnf'd but he was crying underneath those sunglasses he was so happy with his 30 31 k's from a 13k pb for an 11, for a 10 year old just for the
0: Yeah I was pretty blown away by but yeah I, I was pretty blown away by him.
1: Yeah. As was I. As was a lot as were a lot of people I think. most people were pretty astounded by his effort. Yeah. He was quick. Yeah. He was quick. I think he did his first lap in oh, off the top of my head, I think it's about 45, 46 minutes.
0: Oh really? He came
1: sprinting in and we thought oh he's he's not going to last too long if he's running like that, but five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Five yards is a damn good effort.
0: Yeah. And he really pushed hard um, as well to make it in on time for that last um, Mm. loop as well.
1: Did you see him out on the course in that last loop?
0: Uh, I think I did. I I, I remember seeing that he was like trying hard, like because he was running with his father and so they were running together and, um, he definitely was working hard to make it back in time but i knew he was going to but it was it was really um really cool to see really really cool
1: mm. yeah he, i think he came in it was about 58 minutes 30 i think on that fifth on that fifth yard yeah. and he was looking worn out by that point yeah but um, michael his dad basically said dom you i think you're done now yeah. <laughs> Which was
0: yeah, that's his call yeah and that's um another example of it um being such a good format because everyone was there and everyone was like cheering him and clapping him and, like really showing yeah. how good he how good everyone thought he was
1: and, and that's the as it you, that's you're spot on and that's the beauty of it like for him his pb was 13 k's and he's gone and done 30. for others their pb was 50 and they've gone and done 160. There's all these different levels that people are pushing themselves to and they're all winning in their own right. It's not the event per se. The like one of the main questions I ask people when they finish is what's your best you've done? Because it's just fantastic to hear the difference between the longest they've been and now the longest they've gone. One of the one of the guys finished the twenty fourth hour and I can't recall who it was. I was very tired. Um, but I remember he, I said to him, what's your PB? And he said, oh, 50 k." Yeah. So he's turned around and tripled it plus some.
0: <laughs>
1: he was ecstatic. Do it again. And he'll be back. Like he was, he wanted to put, he wants to push through again.
0: There's um, not a lot of,
1: there's not a lot of other formats that allow that constant progression.
0: Yeah. Um, on the other um, end of the spectrum, we've got Shane Matthews, who I think is sixty four and he did uh, thirty hours. That was pretty incredible.
1: Mm. It certainly was. He um, he didn't look cool he was going stop. He even at thirty when he pulled the pin, he looked fresh. Yeah, he was just knocking them out one at a time, no super fast speeds. I think he- Again, if I recall it was about fifty ish minutes he was doing every hour, but he looked he looked comfortable to keep going. But thirty like two hundred parties is an amazing effort.
0: Yeah. And how about um Andy Rogers? He was I, I loved watching him. He just kept on grinding away until he made that thirty.
1: He's a machine, Andy is. Yeah. From last year when he did when 20- he Oh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I reckon he did 20 hours last year. I think it was about that. Yeah, I'm probably wrong, but it was less than 24 because then he hit 24 at MVP this year. Yeah. He's just going from strength to strength. So who knows where he's going to go next? Yeah, but I think he it was—he it was saying we'll have to see what happens with him. But he's—he's he's got strength and he's got grit he was saying it was very lonely out there for the last few yards uh, which you definitely can get to that point at night if you're not running with somebody
0: yeah and there weren't that many people left around that 30th hour i think there were six people who made it to 30 hours so um i was definitely running on my own for most of the time
1: yeah yeah you're right six um well, I think we had 12, finished 24, but only six got to 30, and we sort of dropped away from there. But, th- like, 30 is a massive milestone. Yeah. If you're looking for milestones, you know, the next one is, well, 48 is the next big milestone, so there's a long way to go before you mm. push it under the 200 miles.
0: And, and I counted 29 runners hit 15 hours. That's pretty good, 100 days.
1: Yeah. Well, considering we only had 26 starters last year
0: yeah
1: <laughs> 29 to 100 k's this year it's just it's amazing yeah um the weather i think probably helped pato it was cool it was a little bit breezy there's a little bit of rain every now and then but it wasn't there was no excessive heat even through the day on saturday mm. i mean it was sunny but there was no big variations in temperature like We've seen it at some of the other backyards lately.
0: It definitely um, rained a little bit more than I expected on that first night.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, considering there was supposed to be none, yeah. it, uh, uh, yes, yes, it was wet. It was wet. <laughs> but it was better than last year's weather.
0: Oh, yeah, it was so I much better.
1: Shepherd in spring can turn anything on, yeah. and uh, it definitely turned it on. We had a beautiful day for set up. On the Saturday, and then it just went sour mid afternoon. But that's what happens.
0: That's ultra yeah. running, isn't it? Yeah. Well, when you're going to run, when you've got a race that goes for that long, you, the chances are you're going to uh, get some different we- weather over that time.
1: Yeah, yep. you can't expect constant throughout.
0: Yeah. yeah. And um, and Matt Doob, Matt Doobie, he went back to back, and he looked he looked better this year than he looked last year. He looked. Yeah. He looked as – I've seen him run three or four times now, and that was definitely the best I've seen him um, in any of the races so far.
1: He, yes. Yes. He uh, he was going to keep on going. Yeah. It didn't matter how long you were going for, he was going to keep going. He, um, I mean, he did the same thing with Phil last year. He just just kept on grinding him out, and Phil eventually went, no, that's, that's it, I'm done and uh he just looks fresh he, he's just got his routine down pat if you go over to his tent when he gets back in jumps in his chair mask on his face whether he sleeps or or just closes his eyes depends on the time of day i'd assume but he's just he's got it worked out he he's definitely got the potential to to go deep i think deeper i should say
0: yeah well it looks like um he would have had no problems going deep into the 40s and he probably would have got kept been able to keep going into the 50s as well. And when I saw that it was just me and him left, like I was so like keen to like see how far we could go. But um, yeah, when I went out for that 34th lap. And I think one of my problems was, Robbie, that like I just I I finished the loop and instead of going into my marquee and lying down on my um recliner I stood there yeah. like a, I stood there like like a stunned mullet and then I, I and then I um I sat down in just like a normal chair and I think that that like curling up like that in that position like it was something about it that just stiffened me right up when I stood back up I just couldn't walk anymore and whereas with the recliner you kind of like all stretched out and I think that was um one of the problems. Um, that I had um and yeah just going without a crew for that long was was really hard
1: you had a couple of hours at the end that you didn't eat or drink much too didn't you yeah your plan sort of fell to the wayside a little bit
0: yeah look I mean I was I definitely I think I was eating some magi noodles towards the end but but it was hard because I, I had to prepare all my own food and I was kind of starting to run out um, (laughs) and it was only a short time between birdies and Shevarden as well so and I was doing a lot of running in between those two races probably in the wrong shoes I was wearing pretty hard shoes I don't think it let me my body recover quite enough so four weeks between four weeks
1: between backyards is a it's a very very short recovery and rebuild period
0: yeah yeah it was
1: we uh, talked about that didn't we it's just yeah <laughs> concluded that may have been a little bit too soon
0: yeah i think it was um <clears throat> around that 10 hour mark it was a real struggle like i was really happy with how far i went just because it was so like it was so hard for me just to um just like it was just such a grind to keep going because i was not feeling that good but it gives me a lot of confidence for the next race I'm doing in November because um, <clears throat> I've got time to recover. I've learned a little bit, and um, yep. I'm going to be all systems go at hysterical pain. I'm going to be all systems know.
1: go. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to go back to that when you found out your assist. It's uh, <laughs> you came in, and Brandon and Chris had already come in and said that's it, we're done now. Mm -hmm. They've done their 32 hours and pulled the pin. (laughs) You walked in and I said, Paddo, guess what, mate? And you went, what? I said, "You're you're now either the assist or the winner. And the grunt you gave me and the eye roll you gave me was, oh, no, now I've got no choice but to keep pushing. It was almost like it looked like you were considering pulling the pin. And as soon as you found that out, you were like, now pushing on and then the dynamic between you and matt changed completely because matt's a very solo runner gets out there and just does his thing which is obviously works for him suddenly it's right let's do this together let's get this lap done it was uh it was good to watch It was good to watch but you weren't particularly happy for just a moment there you were very unhappy about the fact that you were the the second (laughs) last one standing, or the last one we didn't know
0: yeah um yeah when i found that out i knew because i was near the end like i knew i had to do another loop to like at least get the assist or um and yeah so i went out and i was feeling pretty good i came back in about 53 minutes and i had all intentions to just keep on doing that over and over and over Mm -hmm. again till till something happened but, yeah, I just um, once I went out for that 34th and I was just my leg, my left leg, I just couldn't move it anymore. Um, I just couldn't move it forward. And um, and I was just so tired. So I knew I just couldn't move anymore. So, I, yeah, I just had to turn around, I'm afraid. I was freezing too. I'd started getting really cold.
1: It did get very cold into that into that night. Mm. Even through the night, right through the morning, it was very very if we kept going through the night we would have had some very very cold people very wet people it didn't rain but the dew was just heavy
0: yeah yeah so um have you started thinking about next year yet Robbie
1: uh, of course yeah. of course I mean there's there was no out of out of this year compared to last year out of the feedback that's come from it, to to us, there was no question whether we were again. No question whether we're going again next year. Um, the thing we've got to look at is numbers. We've we've cleared up that we can definitely fit more people in that village area that we had set up. We had a lot of empty space that we could put marquees in. The thing to the thing we've got to look at with that is the footpaths and the fact that it's a public area and those sort of things. So. 2024 will be a capped event uh, and unfortunately probably capped at around 120 is what we're looking at. Uh, So another 50% on top of 2023, Uh, but we will definitely be, GV Last Man Standing will be back in 2024 and there might be talk of something else somewhere else potentially next year as well. The only way to know about that is to follow the Facebook page. There will be an announcement at some point we've got some things together. Ooh. We want to do something that we don't have to worry about numbers and we can just let it fly and give everybody the opportunity involved.
0: Yeah, cool. And um, we're obviously talking about maybe a Backyard Ultra. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yep. and um and, and can you give any more clues or just follow the facebook page and uh
1: i want to pato but at the same time because i've got nothing that's actually been confirmed this is hard to give much it will be east of oh, yeah. And, that's, and it'll be on a private property of some form that's probably the extent as short of i can give uh, but hopefully in the next month or two we'll we'll have something a little bit more and it'll be early next year
0: okay, okay. The
1: first half of
0: 2024. okay yeah. sounds good um yeah I was going to ask if you've got any other races in the works but um I guess you've just answered that one I guess I have Yep, <laughs> that's the only one that
1: we're looking at potentially potentially one more next year uh, depending on how planning those just these things can take quite a lot to get off the ground uh, and obviously if we're looking at earlier in the year because we don't want to clash with gv uh, we yeah but stars are
0: lining we'll see a second event in 2024. yeah cool um so you would have you would know Robbie that a few backyard ultras are starting to award prize money where do you stand on that side of things the prize money side of things
1: i'm glad you brought that up actually because i've been thinking about this i don't like it and and i'll explain why yeah. um we had we had a long conversation me and my wife because i had a long conversation about this the other day this year we did a big raffle i think we had 30 30-plus prizes, ranging from coffee vouchers to mini-blenders and headphones and all sorts of massages and things. What we would like to do, what we prefer to do, is something along those lines every year, whether it be drawn before the event like we did this year, or things given away throughout the event in the future. The reason we would prefer to put the money into that is because... Everybody that comes to the event has an opportunity to win something. Okay. Just like everybody that we want to, we want people to come and push their limits to beat their own personal best to see themselves grow. Whether it be somebody that's never done park, that's never done more than park run and goes out and runs three yards, or whether it's the guy who's done a hundred miler, goes out and does, you know, 30 yards to do 200 Ks. So the concept of having one one sort of prize money to us is sort of, I don't want to say elitist, but you're sort of focusing on the elite group. And I know some of the other events go, well, elite runners deserve to have their time sort of funded, if you will, to attend these events and run for three or four or five days straight, depending on who they are we just think that we want to focus our events personally we want to focus on the amateur runner getting better themselves and hey the elite runners that come if they win they win they might get a prize too Mm. everyone's got the opportunity it's not just the one person or two people
0: do you do you think like in a few years um it will become like almost the norm for there to be prize money in Backyard Ultras? Do you reckon it's headed that way? I think it depends.
1: The uptake is going to have a lot to do with it, I think. If you have a big event with a lot of competitors entering, then you can afford to potentially give prize money. If you've got a lot of sponsors, you can afford to give prize money. So it depends on the event. I think we will see it more and more. I think we'll also see for a while at least, a trend where the same people take that prize money on a regular basis um, because they're good. And, and people that are really good in the sport, in any sport, whether it be back ultras or marathons or golf, the people that are really good at it are going to gravitate towards the one that there's financial gain. In. So I think we'll see we, – we will see an increase in prize money-based events. I, and there's probably a place for it. I just don't think there's a place for it in our in our events. Mm-hmm. It, but it will we it will happen as, we, as it gets more popular, for sure.
0: Yeah, because you do. I mean, you hear some people say that they think it's against the spirit of the backyard ultra to run for prize money. I, I, do you kind of think that, or you're more about the other other stuff?
1: No, I I think that's pretty spot on. I think. It's um, the spirit of the backyard is for, you know, the social side and the everybody's, you know, as I've said two or three times now already, um, everybody's sort of reaching their own potential. Realistically, in the backyard, the only person that doesn't, I think Phil Gore said it after Masters, the only person that doesn't actually get to their limit is the winner.
0: Mm.
1: Yet we talk about prize money and that's the person who gets the prize money. Everyone else has reached their limit and hit their maximum potential at the time, and the person who is still going. So yes, I think the spirit of the backyard. It's more about the the personal records, and the obviously we have we talk about win, winners and assists, and you know every, every race director wants to see huge numbers come out. As a result, like we had 31 last year, 34 this year, if we can get to 40 next year, it would be phenomenal. But in the end, everyone's personal gains, I think, is it's what drives us anyway.
0: Yeah. And um, I think that's why most people run them as well. They they want to just see how far they can go and, and, and beat their previous best as well.
1: Absolutely. That, I mean, that's why I... That's why it drew my attention. And that's why, like, I did MVP earlier in the year and I went from a, a record of 42Ks marathon uh, and went and did 12 hours. Mm. And I think the only reason, well, I shouldn't say the only reason, but I think the main reason why I stopped there was because I just wasn't prepared for the hills.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I remember you, um, you definitely looked like you were, um, you definitely pushed yourself to, to the limit. I mean, you you were going. Um, you really grinded it out.
1: I didn't want to quit. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one rule. The, uh, my mum was my was my crew, and Matt dude was was there crewing me as well. And I said to them both, "I'm not quitting in the chair. I timing out is the only option." But when I got through that first that first third. came past the clock and it was at 25 minutes already it was the writing was on the wall Mm. it was just no the muscles had seized up and it was cold and i was tired and that was i finished that yard about 45 seconds too too slow
0: right yeah and um are you looking forward to following bigs in a few weeks um yes yes
1: very much so (laughs) i uh i am probably going to be locking that out of my calendar for anything else i think to keep an eye on that. it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be something to to look at i was talking to laz last week actually via email and he, he said it's it's become a full-time job organizing things it's just become so big so it will be very good to watch
0: yeah yeah it's going to be awesome we've got so we've got a lot of all the Australians going they're all great runners and it's just going to be so good um watching them and watching them on that world stage against all the other best runners in the world
1: well quite a number of 80 plus hour runners even from the Australian point of view so I think we'll definitely be seeing a very long event yeah it would wouldn't be surprising if we get back into the hundreds even in the low hundreds i think we'll see we might okay. even see that world record drop again
0: um so you did mention um that you ran it um mvp earlier this year your first backyard ultra yep. w- was it different than how you expected or like how did you enjoy it
1: i loved it absolutely loved it we arrived On Friday afternoon and immediately started chatting to people you don't know people most of the time I'm relatively new to the ultra world personally as well Uh, but everyone's friendly everyone just wants to get along and have a good time Uh, and just that I mean I'd experienced it as a race director last year um, at GV but that concept of just finish it it and rest and then go again, you don't really fathom how it works until you do it, as I'm sure you probably discovered the first time you did one, Mm. Um, (laughs) you get in and you sort of, you get in from from the lap and you go, what have I got to do? And your crew goes, just kick your feet up, relax for 10 minutes. And it just seems counterintuitive. You know, I've got to get up and get going. I don't want to stop because then everything's gonna to... but it just works. It's just a fantastic format. Um, and I the, <laughs> the weather the weather was good, if I remember. Yeah, it went it went I went to poor sort of Saturday afternoon, I think if I recall. Um, but it was a beautiful night, like that venue that Right got set up down there, is just beautiful in the evening. get up over that hill and you can see over the city and the stars and in the darkness, it's just, yeah, it was a great event. I thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Mm. And um, do you think you'll run any more backyard ultras soon? I hope
1: so. (laughs) <laughs> I would really, really like to. Um, I think one that I, I'm i always looking for events that are a real challenge. And, of course, the background fits that perfectly. But I'm considering looking at doing Coburg next year oh, as yeah. sort of the main race. Because uh, the concept of running around a 400-meter track for 24 hours or even 12 hours, I haven't set those plans in play yet. Yeah, Uh, the concept of running around
0: a four hundred meter track consistently just sounds mind numbing and I just wanna that. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that you were thinking of um doing Coburg twenty four next year. I'm already signed up, so um that's exciting, you're gonna be there too. Mm. But you're not sure if uh, you're not sure if you're gonna do twenty four or twelve?
1: I would like to sign up for 24. I think 24 would be there. I've done 12 hours. I did 12 hours at MVP. I'd like to sort of push that envelope a little bit harder and try for 24. Yeah. Just see how things go. But life does what life does. And we've just got to sort of do some stuff to plan and lock that in.
0: Yeah. And how, how much um, are you running these days? Like, I mean, I follow you on Strava and I do see you running a bit, but how many Ks are you doing a, a week at the moment?
1: Not enough, Pato. Not enough. Uh with with race planning and and work and all sorts of other things, I'm probably only getting oh, on average 40 or 50 Ks a week in at the moment. Uh, but I I had to resolve to to wind down the numbers in order to get through and get everything organized. So that we could put on the best event at G V because the changes that we had to make as the numbers increased were were daily. Mm. Like I was if each morning I'd get up and there'd be one or two more injuries for yeah. a period of three weeks. And it was like, right, what do we need to change now? It wasn't until we got to sort of forty-five or fifty runners registered that we looked at moving onto that grass area. And thank goodness we did, because that was definitely a better better venue yeah uh, but just the consistent changes so my running normally happens as you would see on strava very early in the morning normally uh, and i just had to sleep i just had to to let myself rest even though i wasn't planning there wasn't training for anything you've just sometimes got to be a little bit gentle
0: mm. So I also noticed on Strava, you also um, record like you do mindfulness stuff, like through an app. Are you still? Can you tell me a bit about that? Uh,
1: Rewire, yeah, yeah. I was. I had this. I had a chat with Phil Ryan about this at MVP. Actually, I got onto this app when it was first released in twenty twenty. I think it was. Um, it's a neurological training app that works with uh connects into all your sleep data and your very vari- variability and all that sort of data that you get from Apple Watch or garmin or whichever sort of smart device you use aura rings and all that sort of stuff uh and it uses that to determine where your mindset is at using a test that you can do each morning and it's reaction time stuff basically so you it's got your heart rate, it's got your sleep quality, and then you do your reaction time testing, and then it sort of goes, all right, you're you're in a good position, you're in a poor position, you're in a really poor position, and these are the things we can do to correct those and get your day going. Okay. So it uses a lot of what's called binaural beats, so different frequencies of audio, um, as well as breathing techniques, depending on the the outcome that you're looking for. So whether you want to rest or whether you want to, you know, have high performance or just be recovering. Uh, it's real. like, I've found it really good. Um, and they, they now do a, uh, a button system. And it's the first system that you can get well, first. It's a, a test that you can do during your running. Or during your physical activity as opposed to you do your exercise then you do your your mindset training you do it during the activity with these bluetooth buttons that you can carry in your hand or put on your handlebars of your bike or whatever and it's it's you listen to an audio you like you hear a beep of a certain tone and you're going to push a certain button and it's about reaction time and accuracy really good way of getting the brain trained and just thinking about other stuff compared to Left foot, right foot. Left foot, right foot. So when you, yeah, it's, I
0: yeah, I think it's great. Do you reckon? Um, do you reckon it would help someone like to do something like that, or to use this thing during a backyard ultra? Yes. Really.
1: And I do want to try that. Um, I kind of I, I was I didn't have the buttons when I did the MVP. So I didn't have the capacity to try it. I did however, do some of the frequency, um, the audio frequency stuff in the rest period between a couple of laps. Uh, so a, a 13 hertz focus frequency is really good for sort of anything up here, well, focus. Uh, so they, I did that for a couple of laps where I was really exhausted at the end and I found it sort of picked me up a little bit. and. I mean, whether it's placebo or not, I'm not a scientist, I can't tell. Um, but the buttons, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take them to Coburg if I do Coburg. Um, sorry, I'm going to take them to Coburg. There's yeah. no way if, let's take the if yeah. Um, I'm going to use because I think I i do it when I run, I do it when I, <laughs> I'm the stair climber. That's a, that's a challenge, and, um, and I think it. It does give you the just it it almost, it's almost like it takes the focus off the monotony of the run, and you've just got that something else to work with. And you're working, you know, constantly working on that accuracy too. So, yes, time will tell, hasn't been tested in backyard ultra running yet. Definitely something that
0: I'm intrigued by. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um so you've organized a couple of backyard ultras now if there's someone out there listening to this um, what what advice would you give to someone who's like thinking about organizing a backyard ultra they want to but they're just not sure What, what advice would you give them i
1: think the first one is come up with a decent course and that's relatively easy because it's such a short course. Mm. You know, you're, you're only looking for a, a small lap of something. Um, uh, but I think that's one of the biggest things is the, the course you've really got to have, your course is going to have some sort of, well, dare I say, edge, you know, to set it apart from, from others. Um, and just look at, just work on the atmosphere. The, the atmosphere at the I mean obviously when you're only starting to organize it the atmosphere is not something you're looking at but you have a passion I think if you don't have a passion for the format then organizing one's going to be very difficult because you're just not going to feel so have that drive and it's going to show yeah. the event I think
0: yeah and is it more or less work? Than you expected, like when you first started thinking about it. Um, yeah, is it more, more or less work than you expected when you started the race director journey? Or about the same? Cut out for, for,
1: is it more or less?
0: Where so cut out? Work? Oh yeah, is it more? Yeah. More.
1: yeah, more. Yeah, I think my <laughs> my initial thought was organize a course set up an arena, have an aid station, <laughs> ring the bell and blow the whistle, Sweet, And I mean, they're the fundamentals, yeah. but there's so much more background work that goes into it. And it, having those things like, like you see, we had the coasters hanging up on the, the big DNS board, which were the medals, if you will. It's the, um, it's the social media, it's the, the compliance stuff with regulatory bodies like council, insurance and all those extra bits that you initially don't think about and then they sort of pop up and i think that's here we go i'll, I'll backtrack a second to the rewire stuff Cato is it's really good for um if something happens you can just pivot on it over buzzword there pivot yeah. um, but it's you know, it was really easy to go oh that happens. oh well Let's fix it. As opposed to to pre all that mindset training that I've done. I probably would have gone into a <laughs> I, I used to used to panic a lot with things. So but yeah, there's definitely a lot more in it than you initially
0: think about. Yeah, yeah. Um so you're running one backyard ultra, you're being race director at two so you've been around the backyard ultra block a few times now and so what would your three tips for someone who wants to do well in a backyard ultra be Uh,
1: consistent training with the gap so um as i said earlier that dude was my was part of my crew for MVP, and one of the big thing, big hints he gave me when I was training was, don't you know, just run for a long distance. You've got to practice that stop-start period. I think that's probably one of the big ones is practice the rest. Uh, nutrition would be a key one. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that I reckon got me the MVP. Shadow was I had a big plan to do this and do that and do everything else. And then when it came to getting out there, I threw that out pretty much at the end of the first lap. I was like, Oh, I can't get a sandwich. Oh, I'll have it. Just picked anything up as opposed to going with what I had planned. So set a plan and stick to it. And uh don't go too fast. Yeah. Don't, unless you can consistently push out those fast, fast yards. Obviously, people like Matt or you know, Ryan Crawford and uh Phil Gore and the like can go out and do a a 35 or 40 minute yard consistently Mm. but if you haven't got the capacity to push that out all the time don't push too fast
0: yeah so because Matt was in front of me for most of the laps I don't actually know how fast he was running them like how how fast was he running most of his laps
1: consistently on 40 minutes
0: really that quick yeah Yeah. 40 minutes
1: He came in at 42 on one of the laps um, because there had been a, a bloke come off his motorbike or something. And he came in and he said, oh, there's a guy that's crashed his motorbike. I think a couple of the guys might stop for him. And we all sort of looked at the clock and went, he must have stopped too. Because he was two minutes behind, like consistently at 40 minutes. And that lap, he came in at 42. So, and right through, yeah his laps were was solid
0: yeah that the, there Just were quite a few minutes. there were quite a few motorbikes and uh motorized bicycles on that track
1: yeah that's something that the police are trying to deal with but a lot okay. of people get down there and, and, and ride their motorbikes around which can be a little bit of a hazard uh, i've myself had a couple of near missus not in that area we're in a different area of town and coming. they're just in front of you all of a sudden it's uh it's not not a an ideal situation but unfortunately we can't really stop it
0: yeah well I didn't notice any signs saying that they're not allowed so I just thought I just assumed that they were allowed on the track
1: they I think in the on the other side of the river, in the recreational area where there's like fire trails and things, it would be acceptable. But on the footpath, it's definitely no go. They, um, but they can't, they can't police, and the police can't catch them. They just disappear too easily.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're noisy. Those engines on the bicycles.
1: Yeah, but imagine for you guys in the middle of the night, that would have been a bit of a shock
0: yeah (laughs) well there's some areas that are pretty close to houses like residential houses. I was thinking like it must be annoying for them hearing all these motorized bicycles zooming past all the time Mm.
1: yes I could imagine but I I'd say to a degree they'd be getting used to it as well (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah it's it's Um, like
1: living near a train um, line isn't it
0: yeah um yeah, well look, uh, Robbie, it was an awesome race. Um and Backyard Ultra. Well, what do I call it? Should I call it um, Shepparton and Backyard Ultra or Greater Vic G V Last
1: Man Standing is the official yeah. uh, G V Last Man Standing is the official title. I think it a bit of I think we've got a little bit of confusion in the social media realm because the company is called North
0: Vic Backyard Ultras. Um, yeah, well look, um well done on organizing such a great event um i'm looking forward to next year already and i'll make sure i keep my eye out as well for your your announcement too do you reckon about within the month
1: i hope so so i was hoping to have some conversations on saturday around it but the person that i needed to talk to was otherwise engaged unfortunately so I'll I'll have some
0: conversations. We've got an idea on what we want to do. We've just got to walk in location and date. Yeah, awesome. All right. It's exciting. It is, very. All right. Well, um, well done again, Robbie. Great event. Um, I'm sure we'll be in touch, but um, I'll see you at Coburg 24. See you, mate. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.